Firstly, thank you for being on the Medical Republic. I might just dive straight into some questions. Sure, of course. Um, so firstly, how would you describe yourself and the work you do? So my name is Ben White. I'm a professor in the Australian Centre for Health Law Research in the Faculty of Law at QUT. For the last uh, almost 20 years, I've researched in the law, uh, policy and practice of end-of-life decision-making. I guess my particular interest is the ways in which law can either help good end-of-life care or to the extent that fear of law or worries about law get in the way of end-of-life care, a good end-of-life care, how to, to help with that as well. Mm. So what's your role in speaking with health practitioners? The work that I do, and I do this with, with colleagues, my colleague uh, Professor Lindy Wilmot, and, and we've got a, a research team which does a whole bunch of end-of-life uh, work here at the Australian Centre for Health Research. There's two main parts to this where we engage with, with doctors and indeed others. So one part is, is a research program that we have. Uh, but there's also a, a training program uh, as well. So I might talk about the research first. With colleagues, we did a, a three-year study that was funded by the Australian Research Council, and we had some linkage partners um, uh, as well. Um, it was a three-year study looking at the knowledge and practice of doctors involved in end-of-life decision-making in terms of, of law. So questions like, did doctors know the relevant areas of law that arise in end-of-life decision-making? Were they interested in following the law? Do they think law was important? Um, we also asked questions that got to whether or not doctors wanted to know more about the law, and if they did, what sort of training they'd want. Some of the findings that, that came out of that were that there were significant knowledge gaps of the doctors who participated in the survey about end-of-life law. And the questions that we asked in the survey were designed to reflect everyday clinical practice. For example, when do you need to follow an advanced care directive? Who is a person's substitute decision maker? So if a person lacks decision making capacity, who's able to step in and make those decisions? Um, so the results of, of that survey found that there were significant knowledge gaps for doctors who work in this area. Uh, and, and this isn't surprising. It is a, actually a very complex area of law. I expect if we'd given this same survey to, to lawyers, they perhaps would have done worse because doctors are dealing with this at least on a day-in, day-out basis. But it, the law is complex, and, and the key finding there was that there were significant knowledge gaps for doctors involved in end-of-life decision-making. We also asked uh, doctors as part of that survey how they would want to know more about law. So did they want to know... Um, more about law? Did they see law as having a, a role or in, in medical practice or not? Uh, and the findings there were interesting. Um, there was actually quite a strong response that sort of recognised, look, these are important, significant decisions and that it is appropriate that law has, has a role to play in them. And the question then was, what, what sort of training would people want? So doctors did say, look, they, they wanted some more training. They wanted to learn more about um, this area of law and, and indeed gave some suggestions about the sort of form that training might take. Mm. Are there new changes which are happening, which are making doctors a bit more insecure about this area of law? The law which governs end-of-life decision-making is changing uh, over time. It's not an area that we covered in the survey, but an obvious change, obviously, is the voluntary assisted dying law, which has passed and is now operative in Victoria. But there are other areas of law which are changing uh, over time too. For example, decision-making for and with people who lack capacity to make the decisions themselves, that's covered in what's variously called medical or guardianship laws uh, legislation in different states and territories. And a number of states 
have had changes there as well. So that keeping up to date with what the law says um, can be uh, difficult in addition to knowing an already complex area of law. How would you describe the risks of not knowing the law for doctors? Well, one of the goals of law uh, in end-of-life decision-making is to provide a framework for resolving disputes and also to provide a clear and settled uh, way for making decisions so that people can make decisions in advance. So some of the risks of of not knowing the law can be, for example, that the treatment may be wrongly given, so treatment which might have been legally refused, uh, if not aware of what the law is and that actually that it, it protects a refusal of treatment, that particular situation treatment may be wrongly uh, given. There's also some concerns about being reluctant to give sufficient palliative care due to, to legal concerns. So the law is, is very clear in terms of it supporting appropriate palliative care, which is delivered with the intent to manage pain and symptoms. But there still can be uh, residual concerns if people aren't clear about the law's protection on that. So that's another possible risk. A final point is that clinicians are interested in giving patient-centred care and what what patients want. So the law generally aims to support an individual's wishes and individual's decisions about what treatment they would like or not like. So there's there's scope, if, if not knowing the law, to provide clinical practice or clinical treatment that's not consistent with those wishes. Do you find that doctors become more motivated to learn about the law once a patient asks? And is there perhaps a a need to be more proactive? We have done another study looking at community knowledge of -of end-of-life law. And one of the really interesting findings out of that is that patients and families see doctors as one of their primary sources about information about end-of-life law. So that's another reason why it can be important for, for doctors to know the law in this area because they may well be asked by patients and they are certainly seen as a trusted source of information about legal rights and responsibilities in this field. And are there any additional benefits of knowing the law? One of the benefits, which I think is, isn't is sometimes fully grasped enough, I think there's an opportunity for law to actually sometimes uh, help with end-of-life decision-making, and that can be where there is disagreement about what the appropriate course is. And one of the functions of law is to try and provide a framework to resolve some of those disputes or those differences of opinion. So I've heard um, clinicians, colleagues I've, I've had collaborations with talk about using law when difficult conversations arise. So when there's disagreement around the table, family, there might be conflict or disagreement within a family about what should happen. Um, And a number of clinicians have said, well, we've just brought out and sort of stepped through what the relevant framework is. So, okay, who's who's, uh, making decisions here? What are are the important criteria to take into account? And they've spoken about the way in which uh, being able to to lean on on that framework has helped stepped patients and families where there is disagreement through to a, a better resolution. How can doctors who want to know more about the law like in their clinical practice, and where can they find information? When we finished the research project I mentioned before about doctors' knowledge, uh, one of the things we did was think about how could we develop some resources to try and help with this. Um, so there was a few things we, we did. One is there's a website which we uh, wrote called End of Life Law in Australia, 
So this is a, is a website which the goal was, I mentioned before, that the law is different across all states and territories in Australia. Uh, and the goal was to try and provide a one-stop shop for not only doctors, uh, other health professionals, patients, families, people who sort of said, look, I want to know some more about this complex area of law, but without all the legalese and without all the complex complexity of the legislation. So the goal was to try and put together a website which explained the law in all states and territories across all the various end-of-life decision-making legal issues that can arise um, and, and make that publicly available. So that, that that's one source which uh, we direct people to when, when they ask for some more information about law in this area. A second is the next step we, we did was think about not only providing a, a website, but is there some practical training that we might be able to provide to doctors who want to know more about end-of-life law? Doing that face-to-face, of course, is very difficult to get reach. So we've designed and developed a an online training program, which is freely available online uh, without cost. It's been funded by the Commonwealth Department of Health. And the goal really was to provide a, a plain English training about end-of-life law across the various uh, issues that they, they might encounter. So there's uh, 10 modules there. Module length range ranges from about 15 to 30 minutes, and it covers all sorts of issues, things like withholding and withdrawing treatment, uh, substitute decision-making, who can make decisions when a person lacks capacity, uh, palliative care, capacity, consent, uh, and also things like uh, futile non-beneficial treatment and also managing uh, disputes. Do you find doctors speak to lawyers? No, that's a good question. So one of the one of the questions we explored with the study about doctors' knowledge was, who do you ask for information about law? And towards the top of the list was each other. So doctors often tend to ask each other about the law in this area, which I guess is another reason why it's important for doctors working in this field to, to be knowledgeable. It's it's very likely that if they're working in, in end of life and making decisions in this field, that their colleagues will tap them on the shoulder and, and seek their advice. Is there one main message you would want to leave with listeners about end of life decision making? Good legal knowledge about end of life decision making, um, I think, is a friend. I think it can help with difficult decisions, and I can think it can help in terms of patient family communication uh, and, the, and the quality of care. So, hopefully, these resources uh, which we've created might be of, of some use, and we can provide links to those websites if that's of any use. The third resource I might mention is as part of the end of life directions for aged care project. This is another uh, large Commonwealth funded project. There's a legal toolkit. So this is for GPs or other folks who are working in aged care. We've developed a specific toolkit about the end of life issues that commonly arise in aged care. So there's, uh, again, a website, but there's a range of fact sheets and case studies which aim to sort of show how the law, end-of-life law, might operate in the aged care setting. So that's another way in which people who are practising in that very specialised field could learn more about how the law operates. Um, If you Google end-of-life law in Australia, the links to that website will obviously come up, but there's a link from there to the end-of-life law for clinicians training program, and there's also a link there to the end-of-life directions for aged care legal toolkit. So that's an easy way to, to access it. So the, the end-of-life law for clinicians training program, it is accredited by the, the Royal College of uh, GPs and also the Australian College of Rural and Rural Medicine. Uh, and there's also certificates of completion available uh, from that as well.
Thank you for being on the program and letting us know more about um, this area um, and especially all these useful resources that people can look to. No worries.